I welcome all of our listeners this afternoon on the Gospel Lights broadcast, which brings it comes to you from the West Bay Wesleyan Holdings Church. Here we want to um, say that we appreciate you taking the time to be with us again this year. It's already the second month of the year. Um, we wonder where the days has gone so fast, but you know, that reminds us that God is in control and the word said that he is going to have to shorten the days for the elect's sake. So this is a reminder to all of us that God is in control. And if we want to make it in, we need to give our life to the Lord. Now, because it says today is the, the accepted time. Tomorrow we do not have any control over it. We don't even know if we have a tomorrow. But we know that today, in, in fact, the word says it's now. So the our broadcasts. Um, aim is to reach you with the gospel and remind you that that time is short and only those who are prepared for heaven will be able to make it when Jesus is, Jesus returns and we look forward to sharing these times with you and trust that this program will help you as you make your journey through um, the week, the things that you face when you come up against tough times, that there will be something that you will remember that has been said in this broadcast or maybe sung in this broadcast that will help you to have a firm grip on your life and trust that you have made Jesus your choice so that he will be able to take you through those deep waters and those dark places as well as those times when you have really joy in your heart that you will know that it's because of his blessings and his power and his strength that you're making it through this life. We encourage you to write to us at the Gospel X Broadcast Post Office Box 346 West Bay Grand Cayman KY1 1301 in the Cayman Islands. You may also reach Pastor Wallach or Pastor Dickerson at 345-949-3394 or 345-916-54 we encourage you to write to us. We really want to hear from you. We know that you've been listening. Many of you have stopped us at the supermarket or in the store or wherever you've seen us and said, yes, you've been listening to the broadcast, but we sure would be more than happy to know that you either drop us a line or you can um, call and let us know that you are there and invite others to join in on this broadcast at the same time each and every week. We do look forward to, to that. I'm your host, Ed Gibson, saying it's always a privilege sharing these moments with you. And I know that you look forward to spending this time here together. Pastor Wallach is going to speak to us today on the subject, Gone with the Wind. You want to take your Bibles, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 11. And while you're doing that, we would like to favor you with an inspirational song and trust that it will encourage you as you listen. Yes, I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there 
Thank you for joining us on the Gospel Light broadcast today. This is Pastor Wallach thanking you for allowing me to come into your home. Brother Ed and I are always thankful for the response that we get, and we appreciate that so much over the Christmas holidays. God bless you, each one. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 11, We read these words of a man who had it all. The words of King Solomon. Listen to what he says about his life. King Solomon said, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. I want to share this thought with you today, and that is gone with the wind. In the frigid waters around Greenland, there are countless icebergs. Some of those bodies of ice are small, and some of them are gigantic. If you really observe carefully and watch them over time, You'll notice that the small bodies of ice move in one direction while the huge masses of ice move in another direction. Now there's an explanation for that. For the difference in their movement is simple. You see, the surface winds that move over that body of water drive the little icebergs swiftly across the water, whereas the huge masses of ice are carried along by deep ocean currents at a very slow pace. The same is true in our lives, my friends. Those things that are not grounded deep in our hearts and lives can be moved along by surface situations that are shifting like winds that are changing. For our lives to be steady and unmoving and grounded We must have an anchor, something on which to attach our lives to, so we will not be shifting and moving and drifting. And that anchor is Christ Jesus and God's Word. We sing a song in our church entitled, My Anchor Holds. We sang it here recently. Though the angry surges roll on my tempest-driven soul, 
I am peaceful, for I know, wildly, though the winds may blow, I've an anchor, safe and sure, that can ever more endure. Troubles almost whelm the soul, griefs like billows o'er me roll, tempters seek to lure astray, storms obscure the light of day, but in Christ I can be bold, I've an anchor that shall hold. And the chorus says, and it holds. My anchor holds. Blow your wildest then, O gale. On my bark so small and frail, by his grace I shall not fail. For my anchor holds. My anchor holds. Friends, do you know why so many people's lives are drifting and shifting? with the wind? Do you know why your life drifts like the sand on the beach? Because you don't have an anchor that holds you steady. The Reverend Billy Graham, who was known as America's pastor, once wrote, I've met so many entertainment stars whose day is past. How unhappy and lonely and empty they feel. I've talked with many athletes and former political leaders who feel the same way, he says. They have a moment of glamour, a moment when they're known as somebody, a moment when their name is on the front page and then it's over, and now they feel lonely, unhappy, and empty. And you know, friends, as a pastor, I've seen that same thing happen to parents, to businessmen, and women, grandparents, teachers, doctors. One day they were needed. They held a position. They were the center of attention. They were running their children to school and ball games and scouts, you name it. And then life was empty, filled with silent space, uneventful dreams, and all they have left is memories and silence. And when you have no anchor, friends, you find your life is gone with the wind. Now, here in the book of Ecclesiastes, we read the words of Solomon, who had it all. He tells us, I tried everything. I sought every pleasure. I gained great knowledge. I possessed unsurpassed wealth and power. I had the power and resources to do anything I wanted to do. And yet, in spite of all that he had, he says here in chapter 2 and verse 11, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Wow. Wow. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, in the King James Version, he cries out, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Or in the words of the NIV, which many of you might use, Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. One of my college professors used to have his own version of this verse. And Professor Adcock would say, soap bubbles of soap bubbles, all is soap bubbles. What happens to soap bubbles after they burst? 
They can't be found, can they? And that is what your life will be, friend, without Christ Jesus in it. When Mark Chapman was sentenced for the murder of John Lennon, he said, I'm standing on the edge of some crazy cliff, and all I can see is oblivion ahead. I wonder how many people feel just like that today, that I'm standing on the edge of some crazy cliff, and all I can see is oblivion ahead. Now let's look at what King Solomon says here in the book of Ecclesiastes and review some of the things that Solomon tells us about his life. When Solomon came to the edge of his cliff, as it were, and what he saw and the conclusions he reached from his life experience. First of all, Solomon acquired great knowledge. In chapter 1 and verse 16 of Ecclesiastes, he writes, I commune with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart was understood. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. In 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 30, we read, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Are you listening to me this afternoon? And in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verses 17 and 18, Solomon went on to say, And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Wow! That doesn't sound like getting a Ph.D. is everything and fulfilling a person's dreams all in all, does it? Because all the knowledge in the world won't satisfy your soul. Solomon is making that clear here. You see, there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can have your head full of knowledge yet not have an ounce of wisdom to use the knowledge effectively and beneficially for your life. That's one of the problems with our world today. Our technology now surpasses our morals and we're on the danger course of destroying ourselves. We've gained knowledge and we have actually fashioned the key to our own genocide in the society we've created for ourselves. Homes are falling apart, friends. They have already fallen apart. And it's all because men and women have fashioned the family as it is, and the family is now what they have created. You can't blame it on anyone else. If I fashion a piece of clay and it becomes what it is, I fashioned that clay and made it into what it is. And so it is with the family. So parents... Train your children in the Lord. They are your clay. The Bible has a lot to say about the mind, such as we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, strength, and mind. 
But the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 that the world through its wisdom did not know God. For our minds, you see, have been infected and then affected by evil. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12 and verse 2, Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. You see, our minds are important. But friends, we cannot just think our way to God. We must first come to God with our need and confess to Him that we are needy of His help and ask Him to create in us a new heart and transform us by the renewing of our minds. Solomon had knowledge and wisdom, but they didn't satisfy him. He says it is utterly meaningless. In other words, it is gone with the wind. And so Solomon acquired great knowledge. Secondly, Solomon achieved great pleasure. Solomon indulged himself in pleasure. He says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with myrrh, with gladness. Therefore enjoy pleasure, but surely this also was vanity. And so Solomon delighted himself with wine and women and song. He drank the finest wines from the golden goblets. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. He lived in a palace. He had everything and every kind of pleasure at his beck and call. Hundreds of servants, and he ate every exotic food from around the world. That sounds like real living, doesn't it, friend? Yet Solomon said it's like grasping for the wind. He found it was all empty and nothing satisfied his soul. For you see, only God can satisfy the soul, my friend. That's the way God created us. Again, Dr. Billy Graham said, I've traveled the world over to preach the gospel. I've traveled over Africa and Latin America and Asia and Europe and the islands and the sea. And he says, I have discovered one interesting fact. People are the same everywhere. As far as spiritual things are concerned, there is no difference. Well, friends, the human heart is the same all over the world, longing and thirsting and searching for something that eludes us. There's a song that says only Jesus can satisfy the soul. And that's true. As sweet as life can be, only Jesus can satisfy the soul. And so Solomon acquired great knowledge. He achieved great pleasure. And thirdly, Solomon aspired for riches. Solomon was one of the richest men in the history of the world. Matter of fact, his wealth was staggering. He had a stable of 40,000 horses, a great throne of ivory overlaid with pure gold. This is all in the Bible. His country home was called the Palace of the Forest of Lebanon and one of the most beautiful homes ever built. His gold came by the ton. 
why the scripture tells us in 1 Kings 10, 14 that Solomon received about 25 tons of gold a year, not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all over the Arabian kings and the governors of the land. Imagine the worth of a ton of gold at $1,400 per ounce. That would equal $448 million, and Solomon had 25 tons of it being added to his wealth every year, equaling $11,200,000,000. Now, of course, he probably needed it to buy food for a thousand wives plus children and servants. His royal daily grocery bill must have been staggering. I mean, the scripture says that every day Solomon needed 150 bushels of fine flour and 300 bushels of coarsely ground flour and 10 grain-fed cattle, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep, as well as deer, gazelles, and geese all in one day. That was his royal grocery list for just one day. But one night, Solomon sat down in his palace with his hand, clutching his pen, and he wrote these sad words. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Meaningless, meaningless, it's utterly meaningless. You see, everything he had had gone to the wind. It isn't wrong to be rich, to have money, to have a nice home. But what is important is your attitude toward material things. Do you put houses, clothes, money, boats, cars before your soul? Well, Jesus warns us, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. But with all of that, Solomon was sad and empty. And friends, wealth will not satisfy us either. So Solomon acquired great knowledge. He achieved great pleasure, aspired for riches. And Solomon achieved great power. He had the greatest navy in the world of that day. But this too did not satisfy. When they get to the top, they discover that there are things that doesn't satisfy them either, even with all power. So he achieved great pleasure, he aspired for riches. He achieved great power, and Solomon surrounded himself with beauty. Oh, the beauty. The beauty of palaces, the beauty of people, of women, of gardens, of pools. I mean, the Bible tells us all about it, and yet it was gone with the wind. And finally, Solomon was very religious. Solomon started out being faithful to God. He was given the task of building the finest temple in all the world, and it took 180,000 men seven years to build. And it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was made of stone, granite, and marble, so perfectly shaped at the quarries that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard on the site while it was being built. It was all overlaid with gold, the scripture tells us. And it was a beautiful sight, but it did not satisfy Solomon. Solomon. 
And so Solomon awakened to his need that it was all gone to the wind. And finally Solomon realized the emptiness of what he was doing, that it was all shifting and nothing was anchored. And then he ends his journal with these words. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. My friend, where is your peace today? Where is your fulfillment? Where's your happiness? You ask, well, we can find the answer in a lot of things, Pastor. But listen to the scripture. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. And you see, the greater than Solomon is none other than Jesus himself. Jesus is where we find our hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge. If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. Father, someone's listening today whose life is, has just been blown with the wind. And it seems like life is gone with the wind. But Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll help that one that's listening this afternoon to hear your sweet voice to throw open the doors of their heart and let Jesus come in. You bring true satisfaction. Because if we want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, Jesus coming into our heart gives us that joy. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.